Welcome to the Vitality Health Show, where we inform you about the latest advancements in alternative health care and the best health and wellness solutions to benefit your body, mind, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Stephanie Parrish. Good morning, friends, and welcome to the Vitality Health Show. I am your host, Stephanie Parrish, along with my co-host, Doug Crockett, and we are the voice of hope, healing, and miracles. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Stephanie. It is a good day. The sun is shining. The frequencies in me are good, so it's going to be an awesome show. My frequencies are right on, too, so we're really excited excited about this show. Before we get to thank our sponsors, The Mindful Lab with Christine Erickson, where you can find clarity, connection, and peace. You can find her at mindfullab.net. Specifically, she loves to work with young girls. If you have any young girls in your life that might be struggling with all this crazy that's going on right now, check her out at mindfullab.net. She is amazing. Also, Sunshine Family Hemp, nature's side of health. You can find them at sunshinefamilyhemp.com. I use their oils. We use their oils. They're amazing. We love, love, love our sponsors. Yeah. Also, Abundance with Ellie, featuring love, young living oils. I can't talk today. Featuring young living oils. There is an oil for that. So find her at abundancebyellie at gmail.com. Also, we invite you to check out our very own Doug Crockett's networking on his YouTube channel called Miracles When Heaven Touches Earth. Mm -hmm. These are just short vignettes of people and their wonderful, crazy, amazing stories and the miracles that happen in their life. And it just so happens that our guest today, Richard Holdaway, is one of those on Doug's show. And you're going to absolutely love them. So you can go on Miracles When Heaven Touches Earth. He's on all the social media. He's on his wonderful channel on YouTube. They're I don't know how many he's getting to do. Is it over 60 yet, Doug? Closing in on 60, yes. It's it's getting really close. And every yeah. every single one of them is just amazing. And, yeah. and I'm so excited with what he's doing and what we get to do together on this show. Yep. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to Doug, and he's going to introduce our guest that we have today. Yes. And Doug, take it away. There he is. Well, I'm really excited for this. I'm excited for all of our guests, but... Uh, Rich Holdaway uh, is my cousin, and uh, we've been close forever, and it's been a real blessing and opportunity for me to meet with him and talk with him, and he has some incredible stories. <clears throat> he's not, not just one that continues, and his faith keeps growing as he's going through these amazing experiences, and so I want to say Richard Holdaway is a good man. He's been through a lot of hard trials like we all go through, uh, but Rich has had experiences, and his experiences are particularly gripping. Throughout his life, Rich has had multiple experiences where he can ask very many different, where he's able to ask difficult questions uh, to God and to saying, what's happening? Where are we going with all of this? And uh, he's on the pathway that he's on uh, by divine intervention. And uh, it's just been a wonderful opportunity to visit with him. And it's a great opportunity for us now to uh, have him on the radio program. So Rich, let me just first of all say, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. And Rich is joining us from California, correct? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. We see we're from all we we have people from everywhere, even California. We're all over the west. west. This is this is go ahead. Rich, we'd like to start with the you've just got such an abundance. We could do hours and hours of shows with you of different things that have happened. So what we'd really love for you to do is just start out 
at the beginning, kind of what happened to your life? What happened with your, I know you dealt with many health issues, different things like that. Then we'll get into the accident that really changed everything pretty much for you. I mean, everything was on this trajectory, it seems like. And then we'll talk about the accident a little bit and then want to know what you're doing right now, because I know you're doing so many things that are helping a lot of people deal with all sorts of things that they're going through. So that was just a lot to say. So let's start with your story. Share your story with us. Um, I was, um, I was raised by two amazing parents. Um, My mom raised me and my sisters alone. We, I grew up in Utah. I was in uh, Farmington, Utah till I was 11. And uh, my, my mom was alone at the time and, and um, she did her very best. She's a, she's a rock. You know, if you, if you ask uh, any of us, you know, we all have the same answer. All of us, you know, all of my siblings, there's, there's six total, but there's the three of us that were with my mom first. Um, we all feel that way about my mother. She's, she's very faithful. She's been through some trauma on her own and, and her life. She often talks about different aspects of her life. And I listened to that stuff growing up. Yes, I agree. Uh, I remember her that very well. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And, and I <clears throat> learned a lot about how to handle, um, I didn't call it adversity. Um, I called it hurdles or speed bumps or, you know, had another name because there were certain words that I didn't really feel applied to my life. And uh, so those hurdles in life, she handled them really, really well. You know, oftentimes I felt like it would, that next one would, would, would hurt her and, and she just handled it. So I kind of had the same aspect in my own life. You know, there's things and I was fine growing up and, and uh, we were treated well. We went to church together. We, you know, she raised us really well. And then when she remarried, she married um, the man who I call pops who adopted me, who adopted me and my two sisters. Um, when she married him, he was, um, he raised us with a with an iron fist, but I'm really grateful that he did, because mm-hmm. there's I I don't I don't I don't live with any regrets at all, and and that's a policy I carried through my mission. My motto for my mission was no regrets, don't, because a regret is something you don't learn from, and I've learned mm-hmm. from all of this, and uh, and you know so life is pretty normal. We moved out to California when I was 12. Um, we just, you know, life was like any other kid being raised with parents who had beliefs and parents who were strong. And my parents, both of them are very faithful. Um, I served my mission and I, again, I, I served it. I served my mission like my dad raised me. I served my mission with an iron fist. I was very, very um, committed to it. I was very excited about um, the ability to serve a mission. I served it in Minnesota. And um Right before I left my in in my mission, and and anybody who was there would know, um, the mission president, President Martin, who I was really close to, I got to serve with him for six months in the mission office, and it was a huge blessing for me to get really close to him and to also see the mission in a different way. Um, he he died the day we dedicated our temple in Minnesota, so oh. at the dedication, oh, wow. President Martin had a massive heart attack and died. At the dedication. So, at the dedication, wow. and he had he had come back to the mission, you know, because um, he was had been released, and so President Gleed was our new mission president. President Martin came back to see us to, at the dedication, and he he died right there. And President Hinckley at the time, 
um, our prophet, he stood up and he just asked everybody to be calm and that things would be fine. But when that happened, I was a few weeks from going home. So when I got home, I was tired. It was, I, oh. I did everything right, but I was tired. Yeah. So Yeah. When you're, when you're on full force for two years, it's, <laughs> it's, it yeah. takes, and, and to have that happen at yeah. the end of your mission. I mean, yeah. you know, you probably didn't even have time really to deal with the emotions of all of that. No. while you were out there serving so no, that was probably right. still kind of hovering and you needed to deal with that as well sure. yeah sure. yeah so um i mean then I, I come home from my mission everything is is good i i have there's a, a lady in one of the wards who was one of my buddy's mother she's a psychotherapist a brilliant woman and uh there was little things i was able to talk to her about but i never i did not realize how important she would be in my life until um, my friends passed away. So, and that's an wow. interesting story. Yeah, and that's yeah. a very and we're curious to know that as well. So, the buildup as far as you're growing spiritually, you're growing mentally, you're growing physically as well, moving along, and then uh, twists and turns unforeseen that anyone would unforeseen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know dealing with I. I and like I've told you before, um, Doug, when we had this conversation before, yeah, I see things with, with in my my perspective, my paradigm. Um, I don't I don't have the same I don't have the same view maybe as a lot of members might have of that. Um, you know, they're in a better place and this and that, and I, that that hurt me actually after the after the car accident when I kept hearing those things after I lost my friends. You know, they're in a better place this and that, and so. It, it forced me to understand the gospel better. It forced me to read the scriptures. It forced me to read and study the Bible. It forced me to understand what I was, what, if I believed in this, then I needed to understand it better. And um, that makes sense. Yeah. You have to apply it so that you have to apply the teachings. I call it spiritual graduate school. You apply the teachings to help you get through it, to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard, before we go into that part, let's back up a little bit. When you got home from your mission, mm. your friend's mother was a psychotherapist. That we call, is that what you said she was? Yeah. She helped you through some things. So in order for them, our listeners, to understand what we're talking about now, at what you had to go through, can you explain the loss of your friends? What happened? Because this, there's a lot of us, especially in this last year or so, that have lost very close friends or loved ones. And mm. there's so much hurt and under misunderstanding and not getting why it's happening that we just don't know. And those of us that have been through this could really benefit from first, they need to know the story, if that's okay yeah. with you sharing. And then we can try to dig in to figure out how somebody that's listening, that's gone through something similar or they are, they can relate to it, how they can get help. So if you wouldn't mind just taking us back from when you got home from your mission, you're just dealing with your mission president's death <laughs> and yeah. coming home from a mission, but just that coming home from a mission and getting back into the world is, is difficult, but then dealing with a loved missionary mission president's death that you hadn't had a chance to do this. Now, fast forward, you're home. Right. So tell us what, what that happened, what happened in that year? So I got home February 4th of, um, of 2000. And um, I had a chance to to talk to Karen a little bit about 
what had happened, my feelings about losing President Martin, uh, I knew I knew right away, you know, from my own teachings, without having been taught. I mean, everybody has to find their testimony. Whatever testimony you have, whatever religion you're a part of, you have to have a testimony of what you believe. And so, my testimony was built on our Prophet Joseph Smith, and it was built on the strength that he, the things he must have endured as a child, um, the ridicule, and that's where my testimony grew. So I get home from my mission and um, on the 15th of April, if I remember that date correctly, I have a little bit of a hard time with, mem with my memory stuff, but I, I do my best. Um, on the 15th of April, I find out that my, my, my two best friends, uh, Tyler Stebbins and Ryan Estes, the three of us are together and we're just it, we're inseparable and I'm just, I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm busy in, I'm busy in work. I'm busy in school. I'm busy in church. Um, and I'm busy with my friends. And we find out that Ryan has stage four melanoma. And Ryan was, um, I think he's three years older than me. So um, we decided to, Ryan wasn't a member of the church and Tyler and I were, Tyler and I both got back from our missions we both looked at it like, hey, this is just any other hurdle in our life. We're going to just, we're going to tackle it and we're going to handle this. So along with his parents, his parents are amazing people. Um, we took Ryan all over the state of California to the best doctors to try to fix this cancer. And unfortunately, on October 17th of 2000, just um, six months later, he died. And uh, it, was, it, was, um, it was a major blow. But right before he passed away, I mean, before we were asked to, to, to leave the room so his parents could be with him, um, he held our hands. He held my hand and he held Tyler's hand. And he said, he said, I hope you guys are right. And we just, you know, told him, I said, we're right. There's something because he didn't believe in anything. He was very, I wouldn't say atheist. I almost feel like atheism isn't, I, I, I have a hard time understanding it just because of the, what we see around us. But the, um, the non-belief in any supreme being you know and, and and ryan didn't believe in any of that so he he held us you know he held our hands and we held him tight and we said it's it's going to be fine you're going to you're going to see things that we've talked about and you're going to understand it a whole lot better it will be a blip and that blip from our understanding is that blip will go a lot faster for you than it will for us you know unfortunately <laughs> anybody Anybody who's lost anything, anybody here, if you've lost a person, if you've lost somebody important to you, um, we, we get to be part of, um, if, if you're familiar with the Harry Potter movies and the horse that Harry can see, the horses that are invisible to people who haven't held somebody who died or who haven't experienced major trauma, um, you get to be a part of that group that can see those horses now, you know, so it's part of to become part of a family of people who've been traumatized and are hurting. Um, but Tyler and I, we had each other. So um, three months later, so fast forward to three months, him and Tyler and I are working on it, trying to deal with the loss of Ryan and spending a lot of time with his parents and his brother, Sean. You know, we, we didn't want, we had been around them. And, you know, when you lose a child and the child's, the children, the child's friends stop coming over, we didn't want that to happen for um, Rich and Kathy. So Tyler and I continued to go over and, 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 and see them and be around them. And, and uh, it was heartbreaking. Of course it was heartbreaking, but yeah. it's, it's the type of, it's the type of 
um, how do I say it? It's like you you peel some some age off of yourself dealing with that type of of, of loss. You you lose you lose a little bit of, of yourself with that person, and uh, three months later on the on the ninth of February, so three maybe months later, about four months later. Four months, okay. What's on that? my birthday. Hello. On the February. February ninth. Oh yeah, yeah. We were um, Tyler and I had left California, left the Gilroy area, like where, where I'm from. We had, had uh, decided not to go to a concert, but that we were going to drive through the night to Logan to my buddy Nathan's wedding. So we were decided, no, we're just going to drive through the night. We're going to get to Logan to the temple. And his wedding was going to be the, the, in the morning. At, you know, his ceiling was going to be the morning at 10 or 11 in the morning. So we were on the road and uh, there's a, a spot in the desert, in Mojave Desert called Four Corners. It's four large truck stops at you know, north, south, east, and west. We passed through there and um, heading towards Las Vegas. We come around a blind turn and there's a semi truck in our, in our lane. And we're going probably 70 and he's going faster than that. And he hit us head on. Um, luckily for my sake, Tyler swerved enough to just get hit from the side, like the, on his side and get hit, which sent us to the opposite side of the freeway and we rolled, we rolled five or six times. And, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't ever forget that sound. So because the way my, especially the way my father was with me, who I call pops, there was no way I wasn't going to survive that. I, you know, I've been, as a kid, I would jump off the roof and I would um, see how fast my motorcycle could go and see how fast, how high I could jump on my four-wheeler. I was always testing. I was fearless. I had no, I was never worried about anything. Um, coming home from my mission, losing my mission president created a little bit of fear, losing Ryan. And now Tyler, my fear increased, but I, I, I knew in my head I would survive it. Even as we were rolling, as I survive it, when we stopped, we were upside down um, in the middle of the desert. The guy who hit us took off. He never stopped. Um, the trucker, the truck driver and his wife, who he was passing, they stopped. But at that point, I didn't, I, nothing else. I couldn't see anything. So when the car stopped, I was upside down with my seatbelt on. I couldn't see a thing. Couldn't see anything with my eyes open i couldn't see anything so i said a prayer real fast knowing right away i'd get my eyesight back and it, it doesn't matter again everybody has their own testimony of certain certain aspects of the gospel or god or the holy ghost or how any of that works there was no way i wasn't going to have my eyesight back so i asked my eyesight back and i got it and wow. I, I was i was flooded with pain with massive amount of pain I, I unclick my seatbelt, fall down, but the whole time I'm calling Tyler's name and he's not responding. So I tried to walk and I couldn't, and I didn't know why. And we won't, I didn't know why for months later, why I couldn't, but I, I couldn't walk. So I just crawled around the forerunner and there's, and there's Tyler. And absolutely. 
Incredible. Just take a moment. It's it's reliving a lot of tough emotions. And, we and appreciate it. That's why we do this. It's just so gripping and so amazing. And uh, so good to share. Thank you. I never shared this with anybody except my family until Doug <clears throat> until Doug came to our house. But I, I I don't share this with anybody because it's <clears throat> You know, you get a bad grade on a test and you don't want to retake the test. You just want to over with. So my my best friends were both gone. And uh, at that point, at that point, I decided I didn't want to be alive anymore. It was, it was way too painful. And then trying to figure out in my head, I can't help Tyler. Um, he was injured so badly, he died right there. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't help him, but I didn't, I didn't really care at that point because I just laid down on top of him. And, uh, I could see his whole back was now covered in red, in blood. And I'm, I'm like, he didn't get a back injury from what I see, but I'm, again, I'm in, it's in the middle of the night in the middle of the desert, so there's no lights anywhere. But I can see he doesn't have an injury on his back. And so I put my hand behind me and I put my fingers inside my head. And uh, I got hit pretty hard in the back of the head. But I didn't realize that's why my vision was taken. That's why my memory's been so beat. Um, a, a major portion of my life has been wiped away. My mission... I wouldn't remember my mission without my journals. And um, I looked down and I realized that I'm bleeding and I, I give up. Uh, I said, this is, I'm, I'm good. I served a good mission. I've been a good friend. Um, I felt, I, I was hoping that I had righted any wrongs, but I, I told Heavenly Father that I'm good. I want to go home. So um, I lay down and right away, I feel these arms grab me. And this 80-year-old trucker who, excuse me, this 80-year-old trucker who, who had been passed, him and his wife came out and they picked me up. Um, I, at that time, I was almost 6'2". Before the accident, I was almost 6'2", and 200 pounds. So um, they picked me up, and I just told them, I said, I don't think you can't do anything for Tyler. There's nothing we can do. Um, he, he's, he's not here anymore. And I asked them to set me to, to put me back. Cause I just wanted to stay with him until somebody else came. And, um, I, it went black and I woke up in their truck sitting up in their truck. And the first thing I could think about was I'm bleeding all over your seat. Um, I couldn't feel the mate. I couldn't feel most of my body. I could feel my head, I could feel my hands, but I couldn't feel much else. But I had movement. I could see my knees moving. And I asked this lady, I said, look, I'm gonna give you my phone number to my parents. You have to call them and tell them that I'm okay. But please tell them that, tell them that Tyler died. And uh, there, was, there was nothing I could do. And my father, in my head, I remember a story about my big brother, Dean. He got hit pretty hard in football. And my dad told him, 
Do you ever get hit hard? You, if you're really hurt, then you stay right there. Otherwise, I don't want drama. You stand right up and you make sure everybody knows you're okay. So that's why I told her to tell my mom that I'm okay. I went mm -hmm. right to it. And I also wanted her to tell them that Tyler didn't make it. So she could call Chris, uh, Tyler's mom, and tell them, tell her and Jay that Tyler didn't make it. Um, and then I was out again. And I woke up on a helicopter with the ladies screaming at me. <clears throat> and her name was Carrie. Um, this this um, flight, this this um, EMT on the helicopter, her name was Carrie. And she was screaming at me saying that I had died and I had flatlined and that I had woken up and I needed to stay awake. So um, I got two, two parts of that story where I was gone for seven minutes and I was gone for five minutes. But either way, I remember it perfectly. Um, and I don't talk about what I remember. And the reason I don't talk about what I remember is because it's too special to me. Um, but I've heard other, I've heard only one time in my life, another person re relate or explain the same exact feeling um, that I felt for that time, but I did not want to come back. That is for sure. I did not want to mm -hmm. come back because I had no pain. I was fine. Ryan and Tyler weren't dead anymore. They weren't there with me. I was, I was by myself, but I knew that they weren't dead. I knew where I was. And Ryan and Tyler, I didn't have to deal with the loss of my friends anymore. And then I get woken up to a lady screaming at me, nearly spitting on me, who got me awake by tickling me. Um, so oh. they tried for a long time to wake me up. And she cut my... I and you were on life flight at this time, right? Yeah, I was on the, I was on the helicopter yeah. life flight. So they had me plugged up to everything that keeps your vitals going. And... Um, um, I had a red Deftones t-shirt on. That was my favorite band still is. Uh, and I looked down and I don't have my t-shirt on anymore. And I got that shirt from Tyler. So I was, I was worried about it, you know, <laughs> but it, it didn't matter. Um, all I knew is I didn't want to be there. And, uh, so I survived that and they get me to San Bernardino to Arrowhead hospital in San Bernardino. And the doctor in my head, the doctor was rude, but having gone through all the training I went through to work as a, as for search and rescue with, I mean, we had to do military training and EMT training and be certified in EMT and be certified in all that stuff. So just as certified as a person driving an ambulance. And I know why the doctor was rough with me. He was rough because he needed to keep me alive. And he couldn't give me any medicine because if you give me give a person who's who's suffered that severely medicine, there's a risk of them fall, you know, of, of relaxing. And then I hear I feel like somebody's biting on my head, and he's putting staples in the back of my head. He's fixed. He's pulled pieces of my my skull out that were damaged, and he's stapling everything back together. Okay, and Richard, we're gonna stop right there for just a second because. I'm so enthralled. I'm, I'm watching. Oh, we got to take a Holy break. Holy cow. Yeah. So, so we're going to take a break for just a second. I, well, two minutes. And I want you guys to just stay tuned so you can hear the rest of the story. Cause it just, it's amazing what, it what's so happening amazing. here. So we're going to stop with the staples in the head. Oh <laughs> we'll God. come back in just a minute. So please stay tuned. You want to hear the rest of the story and we will be back in just a moment. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hello, friend. My name is Ellie Meadows, and this message is for you. If you are looking for more abundance in your life, in your health, your finances, your love life, your joy, then I invite you to connect with me alongside Jack Canfield, America's number one success coach, where we will work together to co-create the abundant life that you deserve. I'm accepting new partnerships through the end of this month. Please visit my website, AbundanceWithElly.com, to learn more. Wishing you a blessed and abundant day. Learn more about the products and equipment discussed by Stephanie and her guests on the show by visiting MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. We've done the research for you and selected proven, high-quality brands at competitive prices from companies you can trust. Drugs and surgery are not your only options. Discover the exciting alternative therapies and health and wellness products that are helping people to reclaim their health and enjoy a higher quality of life. That's MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. Isn't it interesting how we can be physically disconnected from others and yet be personally affected by the change and confusion of the world around us? We want moments of clarity and peace, and we need to feel connected to others in positive ways. A mindfulness practice can help decrease stress, increase feelings of well-being, and help us be more connected to those around us. To find out how mindfulness can do all this, go to mindfullab.net. You'll find tools and resources to start your mindfulness journey today at mindfullab.net. If you're looking for the highest quality CBD products on the market, visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com. Sunshine Family Hemp is a family-owned business located in the mountains of northern Utah. Our full-spectrum oral and topical products contain no artificial ingredients and are third-party tested by a DEA-certified lab. Online ordering is easy, and we ship nationwide. Sunshine Family Hemp has been in business since 2019 and is legally certified at both the state and federal level. Visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com today. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to the Vitality Health Show with Stephanie Parrish. If you have a question for Stephanie or her guest, please email contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Now, back to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome back, friends. We are so happy to have you here with us. We are having a very, um, I don't even know, we're both just kind of blown away right now with this conversation, and we knew that this would happen. Because we can feel the spirit of Richard Holdaway here and and what he's trying to express. And this is very, very difficult for him to relive, get emotional, to relive the deaths of his two friends and his experience of what losing his life during that too. And then coming back and then not wanting to come back to this life because you're there and you're in this beautiful place and there's no pain. And then you have to come back to all that pain and all that hurt and all that everything that goes along with that. And that's where we're at. We're just at, at him being lifelighted and taken into San Bernardino hospital. You said, right. Yeah. And they yeah. were just getting ready to stitch up your head. Yeah. So let's, let's pick it up from right there. And um, both Doug and I are like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so a lot of things, a lot of things took place in that time that I, I could hear 
Um, I could hear people talking about insurance. I could hear people talking about where Tyler was. And when I, I he, he stapled my head and started checking all of my other vitals. And so the, the biggest part was stopping uh, the amount of blood that I had lost. And um, whatever that number was, was far beyond what you're capable of surviving from. Generally, people who lose that type of amount of blood, you don't survive it. Um, and I, I hear that a lot. I've heard that a lot, in, and I can tell you specifically, the, the um, mortician that took care of Tyler down in Mojave, he, when, when Jason, Tyler's brother, went down to get Tyler, um, he's, he, the mortician put his arm around Jason and said, rest assured, I mean, I just let you know, nobody could have survived that accident. So, um, and that's when he told him that, I, that Tyler wasn't alone and that somebody actually survived that accident. Uh, so I'm hearing from doctors that you're not supposed to survive and I'm hearing that what they're doing this and that, but then I also hear that, um, I need to provide some sort of health insurance to these people. And I'm like, I, that's I the could, last thing you want to be thinking about. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. I, I, I was still at the whole mindset of, I don't want any of this to work. I was on my shoulder. I don't remember what side I was facing. I was, no, I was on my, uh, left shoulder facing the wall and I was trying so hard to just go to sleep. So um, they, they, unfortunately, you know, the situation with the hospital, you know, nobody's at fault. It's just that situation was, they didn't know who was going to cover it. So the next day they asked me to leave the hospital and my family came and got me. So they kind of said, go ahead. Um, we think you can walk, but and I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I could walk, but I was really, I didn't have enough, I didn't have mobility in my feet, especially my feet. So they put me in a wheelchair and they haul me out. My parents were there and they picked me up. And uh, I think my sister was even there and my brother-in-law, Barrett. I don't remember for sure, but I had people there. And my dad was really angry. Yeah. Uh, why are you letting him go right now? I mean, they, had they done any x-rays? They put me through an MRI and they, um, they didn't release any of the information of what they found because if they did, they'd have to fix all of that. But yeah. after, Oh man. After going through, um, well, as I found out later, I broke almost 40 bones in my body. So oh, a lot of them, they let you go home the next day. That's just in crazy. That is yeah. Crazy. A lot of them didn't set right. So I have, I have weird pain, chronic pain, but anyway, that's a different story. Um, when I was, when I was home, so my parents brought me home. I, I was still in that mindset of, I don't want to do this anymore. So I was in bed, I don't know, a month, a couple weeks for a month. My mom would know better. Never went to a different hospital. No, but there was one person, there's one person that I, I was so desperate to talk to is my uncle Derek. So if you're part of the Taylor clan and you know, our uncle Derek, he's a goofball and he's very eccentric and he's. He's uh, a brainiac. He's super intelligent. And I, uh, he's one of my heroes. Yeah. So he, he comes over about a month after and he said, we need to go through everything from top to bottom. And I need to figure out what's wrong with you. So under his care for the next year, we figured out what was wrong with me. We figured out what was broken, what was damaged, what was torn. Um, I have, I have, I have really bad arthritis for a 44 year old because a lot of that stuff never got healed properly. So, right. um, and we had to reestablish a new, a new number system for pain. Um, 
And the reason why is because as I as I continued on, I didn't want to take pain, I didn't want to take pain medicine. I was even with my wife. My wife sometimes like we should do something about this. Um, I didn't want to take pain medicine, but I had to reestablish a new number that what, uh, normally a number seven or number eight would cripple a person and they would have to stay in bed for us today. But my number one starts at seven or eight. And so oh. to help to help the doctors that were taking care of me, especially Uncle Derek, to understand the type of pain that I'm in. And even to this day, I'm in that type of pain. I have a pain that would, again, anybody else, well, maybe not. It's a pain's relative, right? <clears throat> I've learned how to live with it. And I've learned how to do it, live with it without the help of any medicine, um, mm -hmm. except for, um, you know, something here or there a little, but exercise has helped. Um, but, you know, and again, going back to where I was, that's, that's the reason why I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to deal with that type of pain. I didn't want to deal with the loss of my friends. So right. Understandable. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, the whole thing. Yeah. All of it. You had all of it. Uh, and, one time. Yeah. And I learned something very, I learned something really valuable, a life lesson that I should have learned when I was younger. But we, members of the church, members of the church, we as human beings have a defensive mechanism when somebody's been hurt or somebody's lost somebody. And our defensive mechanism can be one of two things. You can put your hand on their shoulder and say, everything's fine. They're in a good place, which is a terrible idea. And the second one is just don't talk to the person at all. So when I, when I got back to, um, after a few weeks, I went to church to see everybody, to see my friends, people I still missed. I, nobody talked to me. They, I, I wasn't a part of it. I was completely alienated. And, uh, that was, that was hard. I was, Holy I was, cow. Yeah. I was ready to move away from that, that place. Yeah. Do you feel so, it was because they didn't know what to say yeah. or they, they, they just were, didn't know how you'd react or didn't want to cause any issues for you or bring any memories or, I mean, that alienation thing is just, it's really real and it really yeah. happens. And it's like, wow. Yeah. And I, a lot of it has to do with the fact that people don't know what to say. And so right. with the book that I with the books that I've read and the stories I've read about people and trauma and understanding trauma, um, you, you simply can just say, I'm sorry. That's a terrible situation. I'm really sorry you're going through this. And that's it. You don't have to volunteer anything. You don't have to, I, I, honestly, the worst thing as a member of the church is to put your hand on somebody's shoulder and say they're in a better place because we all have different beliefs and we're all at a certain level, whatever level we are spiritually. And that, that pushed me away from the church for a while because mm. it, it didn't make any sense to me. I, I didn't, I didn't understand. It didn't push me away from heavenly father. It just pushed me away from talking to people, from being around mm. people, from activities at church, any of the sort. And I, it's even to this day, I don't really, if the, the board is having a party or having a breakfast, it's, it's like pulling teeth to get me to go. Cause I just, you know, after going through all this, I'm okay being quiet. I'm okay yeah. sitting in my truck by myself. Um, I hear the ringing in my ears. I hear, you know, I hear the crunching in my body. I stand up and my body crackles and I sit down and it crackles and I reach for a box of cereal and my back goes out. And so I'm okay to be by myself. But um, what I'm not okay with is trying to do it by myself. You know, mm -hmm. when I, 
Well said. Well said. Yeah. So I want to just reiterate for you because this is so true. When people just don't know what to say, the best thing is just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that because you can't say, oh, I get it. I understand. You haven't. You don't know what that person has gone through. So you can't say that, oh, I know what you've been through. I know what you, you don't. It doesn't matter what situation it is. You don't. Yeah. So all you can do is just, you know, give empathy with them, tell them that you're sorry and just love them, but don't ignore them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, after, after going through all that, um, I spent a lot of time in counseling. I still go to counseling. Um, but I, I, there's times in my life running, I'm a general contractor. And so I'm busy and I'm really busy and we've had crews in Utah and we've had crews out here. And I mean, we've been all over the place. So, um, trying to run everything, you know, and take care of my family and take care of my kids, three beautiful children who I absolutely adore. And, uh, you know, it's just <clears throat> life gets, life gets really busy, but the, if of all of this, of the most important part of this whole thing is because I knew where I was, I knew exactly where I was when I asked Heavenly Father, Joseph Smith is a prophet. I didn't need anything else. I didn't need to ask anything else because if, if he was a prophet, then the Book of Mormon is true. And if the Book of Mormon is true, that's what our church is based on. That's the keystone of our religion. Then that means that what we're doing is right. Um, but I don't, I don't see, like I said before, I don't see the same prince i don't see the principles of the gospel the same as most people and maybe i do maybe there's other people who see it my way but i feel like crap happens and we have to learn how to handle it um bad things happen to everybody and good things happen to everybody unfortunately for us as human beings we have oftentimes can focus on the stuff that's the hard stuff and we focus on that more but for me i reason I don't talk about this stuff is because it, it helps me focus on what I have right in front of me. And, uh, it helps me appreciate how much my wife has to deal with when I'm hurting. Um, so when I get sick, uh, which recently I got diagnosed with Epstein-Barr, which like, okay, yeah. another one. Yeah. So, you've been through that for a number of months now. I know. Yeah. 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 And you know, for the most part, I find out it's, it's basically self-induced. If you work too much and you don't sleep enough, <laughs> it's going to come to you at some point in your life and you're going to hit a wall and that's what that is. But because again, because of our uncle Derek, because of my sister, Minnie, who I call Minnie, her name is Melinda, but she's a nurse and she's brilliant because of her, because of my uncle Derek, um, getting this diagnosed and getting this fixed only helps me continue on where, where I'm headed. And, and my testimony to gospel there's it's only increased um it, it got stronger through through all of these trials yeah it there was points where i didn't want to do anything with anybody and i wanted to be alone and but i think that's what anybody would go through under you know severe stress or severe trauma at least you know you hope that that person has some sort of protective mechanism um but i think reading reading a lot and understanding the way that our lives are supposed to be here on earth and, and what each one, each of us has a paradigm and each of us lives. You know, I, I don't go through Doug's traumas in his life. I don't live his, his life. He lives his own. He, he's the one who goes to sleep at night with his own issues and his own excitement, and his own joy and anything else. And as is for everybody else with mine. So yeah. um, taking responsibility for everything in my life that's happened to me and being responsible for all that stuff. 
has helped me to be able to walk every day. You know, I heard it from several doctors. I wasn't supposed to do this, or I wasn't supposed to do that, or I would need back surgery. And I broke my neck um, in that car accident as well. And um, luckily, my mom introduced me to Dr. Mike here, who I see every other week. And he, you know, keeps me, he's a chiropractor and he keeps me mobile. So, yeah. It's amazing. Broken neck, those are, broken those are miracles, aren't they? Is. No question. Yeah. No question. And, and I'm still a little blown away that they sent you home. 40 broken bones, broken neck, go home. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 My back, my back was broken in two places and my neck was broken in two places, but um, wow. it, it came down to a insurance issue. And uh, that's really, really what it was, is, was an insurance issue. Mm. So um, I never pursued anything. I got a few, you know, invitations to go after some sort of lawsuit with whoever, but I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I, I, we don't know who hit, we don't know who hit us. So he's the one who has to deal with that. And, um, yeah, I, I think with the, with the pain, I've learned so well how to handle it that I, I have a kind of a routine and, uh, my morning routine takes a long time. We go to the gym in the morning, but I, it is, it takes me a long time for my body to warm up, warm up enough to put a shirt on and to, to stand up properly. It takes a long time. So, um, we've gotten, I've gotten used to it, but no way has it, it, it it's, it hasn't taken away from my testimony at all. My testimony is stronger than it's ever been. And uh, I, I see family members leave the church. I see friends leave the church. Um, people will do what they do because they want to. Everybody has their, again, everybody has their own trials. We all have our own miracles. We all have our own trials. We all have fatigue. Um, we all go through our own path and to be um, empathetic towards everybody's situation is probably our goal in life as human beings right? To, to do away with apathy and to be more empathetic, but to also have boundaries. You know, this whole situation for me has created boundaries for me that I've, I've put up and then put down and then put up and put down. But um, that's a good point. I think relationships as I continue on through life myself, I think in my mind, relationships are becoming more and more and more important yeah that's anything else yeah yeah and i love richard that you that everything that's happened in your life doesn't define you it's no. just what happened and you no. deal with it the best you can and you move on right yeah. and and i love that because a lot of people that that have traumas or have issues that becomes their whole world oh yeah there's and, oh, there's yeah. so much more yeah. And to not let these tragedies define us who we are because yeah, I mean, we're, we're spiritual beings having an earthly experience. That's, that's what we are. So that's one more thing that we get to experience on this earth as an earthly right. human. Right. Right. And you've had, you've had an incredible experience to see what the other side is like and yeah. to know that's ultimately where you want to go. So you're not going to let the things that are happening to you here take that away from you that opportunity no never never and like i told you before i don't let any of this you know i was raised by i was raised by my dad and anybody who knows my father um he he has that iron fist but he served in the military and he he's had a lot of trauma of his own but he raised me to understand that i don't let anything be my crutch 
I can, I can, um, what's this phrase I heard a lot in my mission? Um, the, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So this one, this one gets me and it's fun to argue in the, um, in the proper way, but the term God will never give you more than you can handle. He will absolutely, he will absolutely give you way more than you can handle by yourself. (laughs) But if you have the savior by your side, that's an entirely different story with yeah. the savior by your side. Mm-hmm. You can probably handle the majority of it, but yeah, that, that it's just understanding the way that that God works and the way that our system works here and how we are as humans. We're, you know, we're, we're, we have soft skin and, and things can happen. And, and, you know, just having the opportunity to always, it's forced me to make sure I always say, I love you to my family. Yeah. You know, even mm-hmm. if I'm frustrated, I never leave without saying I love you. I never leave without letting anybody know that I care about him. That's actually very true. I know Rich now. And he, he's a very loving individual, and it's a wonderful thing. And I agree with the point you made. I just want to echo that also. Yeah, I you know, God will give you more than you can handle. I've heard that too. Really, it's he won't give you more than handle. Well, actually, he does because he needs you. Or he wants you to connect with him and with and with your Savior, Jesus Christ, so that you realize I can't get through this without that help that I got. Yeah. And so again, back to the relationship. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it's, it's uh, yeah. Well, it's back to that relationship. Everything comes back to that. How did we get through this? How did we do this? How is this possible? Well, because so Rich, I want to ask you real quick, because, you know, from a woman's point of view, and we've only got a few minutes left after your accident, how long was it before you met your wife? And I mean, she sounds like she's a rock, you know, because I met her in 2008 in Sweden. So I was living in Sweden when I met my wife and um, I was working there and she was working at the gym. But I felt that even at that point in my life, I didn't have the confidence. You know, there's I didn't have confidence. I didn't want to bother somebody. You're living your life. I'm living mine. But I noticed her and she noticed me. And uh yeah. I've got her story on my on my uh, video program as well. And so she she is, and I'll take this to my grave. She is the most celestial person I've ever met, and she, it's without a doubt. I know exactly where she's going. So if God blessed me enough to have a wife like that, then I must be doing something right, or at least I've survived something right. So. <laughs> good way to good way to put it, because you know sometimes we forget about the caregivers. The ones that are the, the spouses or the caregivers or their parents or whoever that's taking care of or helping to take care of the person that's injured or what yeah. they're dealing with each day. And yeah. you know, everybody's got their own injuries and their own things that they're dealing with. And sometimes we forget about giving recognition to those that are sacrificing and loving and caring and taking care of. And, and you know, I'd, I'd love to meet your wife someday and your children because um, it's a whole family thing it's a whole group right it's not just it's not just one person or two people it takes a village as they always yeah. say you will be blessed to meet them they're good people they're yeah this is uh Cicel's my rock for sure yeah. she's That's she's so as beautiful as she is powerful and um i thank god every day for her that is awesome um so before we close is there one other miracle that you would like to share with us? Because you have had a lifetime of miracles, even with the Epstein bar and you being able to be on the show. Yeah. But is there something specific you'd like to live with our, leave with our listeners before we close the show? 
Um, I think the, the of everything I've gone through, and I'm trying to think of all the, you know, I lost a lot of my memory um, in that in that car accident. But the the opportunity that I had to come home and tell Tyler's family that he didn't suffer was probably the biggest miracle of all of it. Because mm. they, he had just gotten engaged or he was actually going to propose. And he showed me the mm. ring we're on our trip. And uh, being able to come home and tell the Stebbins family that he didn't suffer, that was, that was the biggest of all of it. That was the biggest miracle of everything. And, and um, being that I survived, I mean, I've, I've been through, I don't know, if we had, if humans had nine lives, you know, I've, <laughs> probably, I've probably expelled most of them. So, and I'm still here. Right, so, right. Fantastic. Oh, and I so I so appreciate that because you know yes I mean that was the accident wasn't just about you it was about Tyler and and his family and his fiance soon to be and and all the different things and and to know that he was able to go quickly and not suffer and here you're here suffering and mm-hmm. and dealing with all those things you know but what a beautiful beautiful testimony that you shared with us today and just the testament of God's love and and of Jesus Christ being there for us and the constant, we have to do this with their help. We cannot do this on our own. And I always think about the place your burdens in Christ's hands, but then remember, don't take them back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm super good at that. Don't take yeah, them back. That's <laughs> so that's basically what that. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and again, to what you said, don't, don't allow, don't allow a trauma or, a major mishap in your life to be your swan song or to be a reason why you quit or to be a crutch, you know, cause there's other people that are counting on you as well. And so I love that you said yeah. that perfect, perfect way to end the show. Thank you so much, Richard. We really appreciate it. We're so glad that you're still with us and yeah. that you're making people's lives amazing out there, helping a lot of people. And we really appreciate you, Doug. I love you. You're awesome. Thank Thank you. you, All of our listeners out there. It is just a joy to do what we do. And we hope that you all have a beautiful, happy and healthy week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Health Show. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another informative show with Stephanie Parrish and leading health and wellness experts. That's Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a wonderful, healthy week. Statements made and information provided on this program are for educational purposes only. They have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products discussed on this program are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Vitality Health Show is not responsible for any misunderstandings or misapplication of information presented in this show. 